0: Neves Solicitors are proud to sponsor The Parent Show. The friendly team at Neves includes specialists who can guide you through all the legal ups and downs of family life. Visit nevesolicitors.co.uk. Neves Niamh Solicitors,
1: your complete legal solution. Welcome to The Parent Show on Radio Verlum 92.6 FM. I'm Lydia L. And I'm Shirley Heyman. Tonight's show's been quite challenging
0: in some ways to prepare for, because it's a subject that we find generally as a nation quite difficult to talk about. But we're really relieved and delighted to say that we've got three expert guests tonight who are pleased to come on and talk about this subject so we're talking tonight about losing a baby losing a child before he or she actually is born um, either through miscarriage or stillbirth and we're going to try and explore some of the sort of feelings around that and how we talk to people close to us who have been through that experience you know we know when a woman um, who is close to us has had a miscarriage it 's really difficult to come up with the one thing that you want to say to them, um, so I hope that tonight 's guests are going to help us move forward in this in this. I want to say uncomfortable situation, but it's, you know, it's part of life, isn't it, in some senses? So, we're going to talk to Ruth Bender Actic in a minute, who is the National Director of the Miscarriage Association. Then, we're going to talk to Leanne Turner, who is the founder of the charity Aching Arms. And then, in the studio with us tonight, I'm pleased to welcome Dan Schaffer, who is himself a bereaved father and has many caps, uh, hats he wears in this this uh field um but you know it has a lot of experience and is willing to share that tonight with us so hopefully now we're going to go to ruth on the phone hello hi ruth thank you very much for joining us tonight um can you just start by telling us something about your organization the miscarriage association you know wh- wh- who how who set it up or where are you and what exactly do you do
2: I'd be happy to. Thank um, you. The Miscarriage Association is a, is a, a UK charity, um, and we've been going since 1982. It was actually set up by a group of, of friends who'd been through miscarriage themselves and who felt that while their medical care was okay, they didn't feel that they got the support and information that they needed. Um, and it's it's been going ever since we're actually based in a tiny little office in wakefield in west yorkshire right we cover the whole of the of the uk
0: and how long have you been involved in it
2: um i've been there for about 20 odd years gosh
0: wow <laughs> <laughs> um can i just sort of dive straight in ruth and say to you um how long do we expect for a friend uh, to take to get over her miscarriage or you know do we ever
2: I think that's a really good question especially the second part of it Uh, a a lot of people would say that they don't get over a miscarriage they get through it right Um, that for many people it's not something they forget and and that it it changes them in some way that's not to say that there will always be a massive amount of grief and loss or that that will continue for a very long time or forever it's it's different for everyone and so in a way that's the answer to the question okay that for some people they'll see miscarriage as something that's sad but they will accept it as something that can happen and they'll move on quite quickly and perhaps positively thinking about the next pregnancy right and for someone else it is completely devastating Mm. and that Can depend very much on how they felt about the pregnancy and what the pregnancy meant for them, and perhaps what they felt when they got their positive pregnancy test. Because for many people, that positive pregnancy test is a baby,
0: yeah,
2: and they don't expect things to go wrong,
0: yeah, and yet when I talk to people Ruth and friends it seems like everybody at some stage had a miscarriage um, you know is that just me imagining that what do the statistics say
2: well the statistics are huge I mean around one in four pregnancies ends in a miscarriage so it's much more common than people think and you're right everybody will know somebody who's been through miscarriage it's just that people often don't talk about it so it remains a bit of a mystery
0: Mm. It's it's kind of, we don't really know what to say. So that's something we're hoping we can explore on tonight's show, Ruth. Mm -hmm. I mean, can I put that to you? What do you think are some of the most helpful things that we can say or can be said to a woman and her partner who have suffered a miscarriage?
2: Well, it probably depends on what they've said to you and how you found out about it. But simply saying, I'm sorry to hear your news, or I'm sorry this has happened, or I'm sorry for your loss, or I'm sorry to hear about your baby. And all of those things are sort of saying the same thing, but you're adjusting it slightly to, you know, to the particular circumstance. So... And then you might add something else, you know. uh, Is it something you want to talk about? Do you want to talk about it with me? Is there anything I can do to help?
0: So you're really saying it is better to say, address it, isn't it, than to say nothing, you know, I'm sorry about your baby, you know, I'd feel nervous about saying that. But that's okay, you think, from your experience? I think so, if
2: you you are fairly sure that that's how they feel about their miscarriage. Now, you know, we may feel comfortable, I may feel comfortable from the Miscarriage Association using the word baby Mm. for a pregnancy loss, but some people won't. And, And I'm talking about also you the women and couples who've been through it, they they may not want to use the word baby. They may find it too distressing or they may not feel that way about their pregnancy. So it's sometimes best to err on the side of caution unless okay. they use the word baby to say, "I'm," you know, I'm, I'm sorry to hear your news.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think that sounds very sensitive.
1: Ruth, how do you think that, um, how much support is there out there for women who've, or I I shouldn't say women, for couples who've been through one or more miscarriages, where can they turn to?
2: Well, again, it depends. I think most people would like to be able to turn in a a couple relationship to each other and to find support also from close family and friends. And and if you have that, it's wonderful and it can be really helpful as long as the support and the response you get is what's right for you. For some people, it's it's really important to have somebody outside the family and the close circle that they can talk to. And I, um, you know, I think that's where the Miscarriage Association comes in. Whether they contact us through our helpline or they use our our online facilities, just so that they know the somebody who will listen and not judge, and perhaps not make what you think might be helpful remarks but might not be such as well never mind you're young you can have another one or don't worry i expect there was something the matter with it anyway or even well it wasn't really a baby was it it was mm-hmm. you know it was just a bunch of cells and people never say that stuff to be unkind they want to make you feel better so yeah. it's it's finding support either from people you know from people you don't know but you can, you know, you stand a chance of getting the kind of support that you want, which very often is a listening ear.
1: And I think the social networks are, are great, kind of anonymous support for for couples who are going through this. I mean, I I had three miscarriages myself before the birth of my son, and um, and I wasn't able to talk, and I didn't want to talk about it. You know, I I wasn't ready. I, I you know I I couldn't even begin to articulate it. So I can I can relate to what you're saying there, Ruth. But I know social networks were a great way to kind of for me to hear other people and talk about it without having to be part of the conversation.
2: Absolutely, and it's interesting. I mean, we have people who use our Facebook groups and they like it because it's pretty instant and they will always get an instant response but we have people who use our um, a safe secure online forum where the posts that you put up are checked before they go live so it's a bit slower it's a bit more moderate and we know that a lot of people who join the forum never put up a post they're just reading and they, it makes them feel less alone and comforted by knowing what other people are saying.
1: That's it, and and I think the thing that I I don't know if this resonates with other people who've been through it, but the thing I needed more than anything else was hope. I just needed to know there was there was a hope that this might eventually work out.
2: I think that's that's really really important because 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 many people are like that, but others aren't, and it's it's so interesting on the forum we had a, we had a, a section called um, trying to conceive and these were for people who would already been through a miscarriage or, or, or maybe an ectopic or molar pregnancy and, and they were having I guess some problems in trying to get pregnant again and then we were asked to set up another version of that group which we called trying to conceive two and trying to conceive two was for people who didn't want to read the stories of people who were trying to conceive and then succeeded. Because mm-hmm. they found it really difficult to be talking to people who'd already got to where yeah. they hadn't yet got to. Yeah,
1: yeah, and, I, and I, c- I can completely relate to that. And that's such a clever thing to divide, mm-hmm. divide that out. Because, I mean, I'd say it is a tiny minority of people who, just, who it doesn't work out for.
2: In terms of miscarriage, it's, yeah, yeah, you know, it it depends. I mean, we've got, if if we've got around one in four pregnancies that ends in miscarriage, which is huge, it's only around one in a hundred couples who have recurrent, repeated miscarriages, three or more in a row. And at least half of them will go on to have a healthy pregnancy. But some people will stop. They will make the decision to stop trying and some people will, as it were, run out of time. So it it doesn't always have a, a happy ending with the baby at the end mm. for everyone.
0: One of the um, questions that was sort of, you know, given to me, Ruth, for tonight's show was um, a woman saying, I just don't know how to talk to my partner about this miscarriage. You know, is that something that your organization can counsel couples about? We certainly can offer
2: support and, 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 and talk talk it through with them. And, and actually one of the things that we did last year um, was to do some research on couples, on, well at least on partners, it wasn't actually on couples, um, getting, uh, getting conversations going with mostly male partners of course but also female partners. Um, to find out what it was that they felt and what they needed. And that resulted in us having a, a resource on our website and a leaflet for partners. And what kept happening was that, that partners felt kind of left out. They felt often that their feelings um, weren't met or weren't understood or recognized but at the same time many of them said that they felt that their feelings shouldn't be recognized as much as as the woman who was having the miscarriage because she was the one who needed the support so it was a bit of a double-edged sword mm. but it's it's certainly it seems to be fairly common that while there are some couples who you know, for whom the miscarriage makes them closer and stronger and, and mutually very supportive. There are many others who just find it hard because they don't have the same feelings or the same reactions at the same time. So, for example, if you've got a couple where the woman is hugely tearful and distressed and, and the, the man is feeling that he needs to be strong and silent and supportive for her he's doing the very best he can and she might feel he doesn't care because mm. he's not crying
0: yeah I can certainly see that um, one of the other questions if you wouldn't mind sort of seeing if you could address this one somebody was saying you know why did I have a miscarriage or an ectomic pregnancy it, it had to be something that I did wrong I'm sure that you've heard that said to you before
2: yes and I understand exactly why people think that it's, it's because when you have a pregnancy loss, you generally never find out what went wrong. And and we're always looking for an answer. And and in that case, the answer is it's almost certainly nothing that you've done or failed to do that caused your pregnancy to go wrong. Most miscarriages happen, at least, you know, more than half miscarriages happen because something's gone wrong with the very early development of the egg cell or the sperm cell. So yes, that can be that can be caused by you know massive amounts of of, of poor, I guess, poor lifestyle or using illicit drugs or, or even illicit drugs. I mean, there are some you know medications that one shouldn't take when trying to conceive or in pregnancy. But most in most cases, there is nothing that one could do to prevent a miscarriage, unless perhaps. You know there is an obvious cause something like a blood clotting condition or a hormonal problem where actually there is treatment that could reduce the loss but even then it's not your fault.
0: No. So Ruth would you mind just sort of you know reiterating for our um, listeners where they can find you I mean obviously we they can google but you know are you what sort of social media are you um, using?
2: Okay so we have a, a website which is just Miscarriage Association.org.uk. Right. Um, we have uh, two Facebook groups and, a, and, a, and a, a Facebook page. So if you go onto Facebook and, 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 and look for Miscarriage, we will we'll come up. Although I, I know there are lots of other things called Miscarriage, too, which aren't yeah. us. But if you go onto our main website, people, you know, there is a link there to Facebook. We're on Twitter. At miscarriage A, right. Um, and we actually have a telephone. Remember, those <laughs> <women>? <laughs> and the phone number is oh one nine two four two hundred seven nine nine.
0: And somebody could ring that and speak to somebody. You know, during the day, just there and there. Yeah,
2: we're there from Monday to Friday, nine till four.
0: Okay. That's great. Ruth, thank you very much for kicking the show off tonight and sharing your experience and uh, expertise. You're welcome. So, um, thanks for all the work you do.
1: All the best, Ruth. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And that was Ruth Bender Attic from the uh, Miscarriage Association. Um, and we're going to take a little break now and we're going to come back with our our second guest this evening.
0: Who is um Leanne Turner, who started founder uh, who is the founder of aching arms uk charity which is a charity again of people who um, have been through this experience a lot of them i think if not all leanne will tell us are bereaved parents themselves and they wanted to do something to support people in the same situation so leanne's going to tell us how they do that um, Leanne, evening. Are you there? Yes, hello. Hi there, thanks for joining us. Now, I've just been corrected in the studio by our other guest, Dan, mm-hmm. um, that I think I might have used the wrong term. Tell me what you do, because I use miscarriage related to you. Is that is that right?
3: Uh, we support women and, well, mothers and fathers through all losses. Okay. From early early losses through to late term loss, through to early infancy, and even some a little later, a little, uh, later after, maybe, um, Uh, Through sudden infant death
0: (gasps) Okay, right, so I didn't realise that So that's interesting, thank you Now you were the founder Can you give us a little bit of background About how you came about to to set up this charity
3: Um, Yeah, sure I um, lost my son James in 2009 um, At 23 weeks pregnancy Um, and I am, I don't know if you can hear from my accent, I'm Australian Mm. Um, and um, I've lived in the UK for 15 years now but at that time I was eager to make contact with Australian support networks as well in case I ever returned and I came across a charity called Bears of Hope and they um, do what we do and they give teddy bears to bereaved mothers as comforters. So I sort of just thought that was a lovely idea. I didn't have a teddy, but I used their online forum for support. Um, and then a, a close colleague of mine um, had a loss, um, a late-term loss. And I just remember thinking, I wish I could give her a teddy bear, something to hold, because I know that your arms ache. They just do. And my a couple of weeks after losing James, I just didn't know what to do with myself mm-hmm. um, and wanted to cuddle cushions and I just had this very strong sensation Um, so at that time I thought well maybe I could do it maybe I could get these teddy bears and get them into some hospitals Um, so I contacted Bears of Hope and they gave me their blessing to try and set it up in the UK and um, so that's sort of the background I, I put a notice on an online forum where I was getting support And 25 emails came through straight away the next day of women saying they'd um, be willing to help me. So I met up with one mum, Joanne, and we said, let's get 10 teddy bears into one hospital. Um, And that was in 2010. So it was around Mother's Day 2010, I made the decision I was going to give this a go. Mm. Um, And we're now in 34 hospitals across the UK and have given out well over 1,000 teddy bears since...
1: We started it's um, it's it's a it's a such a beautiful idea mm. leanne and it but uh, even the name of the organization is so heart-wrenching mm. i have when when shirley and i were talking about this before the show and it's it i mean it says so much even in the name of it and it describes i think what so many so many parents feel you know after the loss of a child
3: yeah i thought i was a bit crazy you know i thought why are my arms aching what is this weird sensation and i started googling it and i found um american charity the compassionate friends website and it had listed on there one of the you know um sort of effects or uh signs of grief in a mother and it said um aching arms and i thought oh so it's not just me
1: yeah it's a it's a, such a such a kind thing to do and to set up and have you been positively surprised by how how well the the charity has gone
3: yeah i really have i mean there's the mothers who came forward right back in 2010 um most of us are all still doing the charity it's all run by bereaved mothers um in our spare time apart from i get paid for eight hours a week <laughs> to mm-hmm. do the administrative work um but we've all run our spare time. And I think what our, what our main aim is, is to get teddy bears into hospitals. And the idea is that the midwives give a teddy bear to a bereaved couple, and the teddy bear is from another family. So it's not dedicated in memory of your baby that you've lost, it's dedicated in memory of another baby. And the idea is that it's a comforter, not a memento for your baby, and that you feel connected with another family and trying to um, feel less alone with your loss that you know another family are going through this or have been through this and living it um, and also for the midwives to actually make um, a recognition of this life this isn't just a miscarriage you know this isn't uh, just something that you can sweep under the carpet this is a life that meant a lot to to this couple um so we wanted to focus on that sort of to get back to your question was work on the hospital side of things but we were overwhelmed with the response from women who contacted us directly um, asking for a teddy bear so the postal side of our charity where we post teddy bears directly to those who contact us yet that, that sort of really grew much quicker than we ever expected
0: Where do you get the money from to get the teddy bears then?
3: Uh, donations Okay. We're purely donated and the idea is that It sort of creates a ripple effect so Mm. um so my son james a bear so we'll do a fundraiser and teddy bears will be given in memory of james and then the people who receive that teddy more often than not want to give back and honor their baby's memory by passing on that gift to another family so they will then donate or fundraise for us um so that that sort of giving perpetuates
0: and and where is this happening Leanne in in the UK where when you say you're in was it 30 hospitals
3: yeah 34 hospitals yeah here, all over the UK Okay. Um, but we're not in your area of the country so <laughs> i'm going to put a plug in
0: <laughs> yeah can you can you come
3: <laughs> uh, please well i've um, i've written to one of your hospitals and i just haven't had a reply so right. maybe we could um, work yes. together on this and yeah. maybe some of your listeners be willing to help out um, we have a hospital introduction pack that we send out, and we can send a sample of one of our teddies to midwives, and more often than not, well, as soon as they see them, they want to get on board. So mm-hmm. There's no cost to the hospital. It's all by donation from from um, bereaved families, usually. Um, so, yeah, we'll have to talk about that, trying to get on some of your hospitals. Um, but otherwise, we're right across the country um, yeah.
1: Okay. <laughs> From top to toe. <laughs> so, if there's anybody in in around this West Hertfordshire area who mm. feels like this is the kind of thing they'd like to get involved in, they should just get in touch with you, Leanne, Is that um, it?
3: Yeah, we have a web. Uh, we have an email address just specifically for that. It's get involved at achingarms.co.uk. So uh, one of the trustees who runs that, and she'll send out a um, information pack to. Um, that person who wants to approach their hospital and, and that's another part of our charity is empowering women and, and, and men as well, the fathers to sort of try and make uh, what we call it is healing healing by helping so by them approaching their hospital then they, they find the contact person they take the letter or they post the letter they then become our local coordinator the teddy bears get sent to them they prepare them they hand them over to the hospital so it's also partly about empowering women to do something positive after their loss, in, in memory of their child um, so yes, if anybody, any of your listeners would like to help us um, get some of your hospitals on board, that would be fantastic, just well, email us
1: there's, a, there's an excellent group in the, um, the paediatric ward that's nearest to St. Albans in Watford General called the Starfish Ward and there's a fantastic bunch of women there who volunteer, they're mm-hmm. a carer support group and they help parents who are in with their children longer term in that ward so I think that i think that they they have the same kind of Passion to help, uh, as you do. So I think I think there's a link to be made there. Mm. They've been
0: on the show, so we can uh, talk to them. Yeah. And also, actually, Leanne, can we just introduce you to Dan Shaffer, who's in the studio with us now?
4: Yeah. hello, who, Dan. <laughs> Hi, Leanne. Who
0: is uh, a local? Uh, well, I'll let him tell you a little bit about himself.
4: Um, I, I go in to uh, speak with midwifery teams in various hospitals uh, over the country, but particularly in this area. And mm-hmm. uh, I've come across your charity before, mm-hmm. and I think you do excellent work, and I'm more than happy. To introduce it to uh, the teams thank as you. part of their program of improving bereavement care. Lovely, thank you. That yeah. would be good, I- I'll you? get in touch with you after the show, perhaps.
3: That would be great, Dan, yeah, really great.
0: So, um, Leanne, I mean, anything else? You know, we're we're really delighted that you can come and talk about your charity. And I was looking on your Facebook. You know, you've got over 4,000 likes, haven't you?
3: Yes. That's a a lot lot of likes. Way more than us. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of hard work on that part of our managers to do that. I'm sure.
1: (laughs) And and can you tell us a little bit, describe a little bit about the kind of reactions you get from people who haven't heard of your charity and, and receive one of the bears or are touched by... By your organisation,
3: oh, we're, um, we've had nothing but positive feedback. Um, people who say they didn't know who to turn to. Um, uh, a lot of, like you, I know you're talking a lot about miscarriage earlier, you know, with Ruth, and that um, you know some of the larger charities don't support women at that the early losses. Um, but our aim is to support any loss. We don't, we don't, um, you know, s- discriminate at all. Um, so all of the, you know, some women who long ago bereaved who just say that little teddy bear just connected me with another family um and they often you know um say they think about their child and and their other child that you know the teddy bear's been given in memory of um oh i do you know I, I couldn't even think of the, the positive positivity is has been overwhelming really you know as i said we just thought 10 teddy bears into one hospital <laughs> but um we, we're obviously there's a need there and it is about mental health and mm-hmm. healing is part of a big part of what why I wanted to set up the charity because we don't profess to be medical professionals or counselors we, we are just there to empathize, empathize understand and reach out a hand of friendship so all of the, that positivity we get back of very grateful um, yeah, and lots of people want to fundraise for us and, you know, pick, give their time. The trustees give hours and hours of their time to run this charity. It's quite amazing um, because we get such positive feedback from from everybody. Really, I think that's what drives us, and we know that little teddy means so much to that one one couple um, that we keep going.
0: And can I ask you, Leanne, I hope this is okay to ask this, but, you know, do you feel it's helped you to to heal from you know baby james
3: absolutely yeah. yeah yeah my i how i felt on mother's day in in, in 2010 was that i was completely lost mm. and that i'd lost my mum many years ago when i was a teenager and i thought this is mother's day i haven't got my mother i haven't got my child this i what what i'm just lost I'm, mm. I'm just existing you know um and it was when i made the decision of that was when i was like right i'm going to try this And I I said often to my partner, you know, I've started living again. This is living. I'm living Mm -hmm. now. I'm not just existing. And I didn't want James to be a secret. You know, as in lots of families, and my mum died so many years ago, she's not talked about much. Um, And I couldn't have my baby not talked about. So this way, I suppose I'm shouting his name from the treetops Mm -hmm. and creating a legacy for him and also... All, all of the all of the babies who are honoured through our bear program, mm. that's a big part of it, I think, that their name is on a physical little teddy bear that reaches out to another family. Um, so, yeah, that's sort of... Sort of it, I, yeah, I started healing by, you know, healing by helping others. Mm. That's, I'm, I'm a helper. I've always been a helping sort of person. <laughs> um, and that was frustrating when I was grieving because I couldn't help myself yeah. and I completely was lost. Um, and I had to rely on other people to help me. By up, setting up the charity, I began to help others, and that helped me heal. Definitely.
0: Well, you know, it's just been great to hear you, you know, share your story, and I think you're going to get some uh, feedback from tonight, mm-hmm. certainly from mm-hmm. us, and hopefully from Dan too. So yeah, keep wonderful. keep up the great work, and uh, thanks to your team and all Thank the people you. that have helped us be able to speak to you tonight. And, and if any so,
3: listeners yeah. like who them, them themselves are bereaved, who yeah. like a teddy bear. Um, they can either send us a message via Facebook, our Facebook page, which is Aching Arms UK, um, or Twitter, which is at Aching Arms, or they can um, send a request to our We've got a specific email, email, which is bears at achingarms.co.uk. Um, and there's no charge if you're a bereaved parent. Um, and likewise, you're talking about what friends can do to help. Mm. If you have a, a friend who you don't know what to say or what to do, contact us and we can send a, a bear to your your friend. Um, we do ask for a donation because the donation then goes towards dedicating a bear in memory of their baby that was lost. So if a friend requests, we ask if they could donate £10 to just cover our costs. But bereaved parents, it's, it's free.
0: Oh, thank you. That's a really good practical step, isn't it? You know, we hadn't mm-hmm. thought about that, but
1: that's wonderful yeah. and we've yeah. put your i can see you you're on our facebook page that's fantastic Leanne. yeah so anybody be able to kind of link straight through to your to your facebook page too yes yeah. yeah that's brilliant yeah. lovely <laughs> thanks a million for joining it's been a pleasure talking to you great
3: thank you very much for the opportunity and dan i look forward to talking to you further and me too okay lovely bye bye. Bye.
1: bye bye now in just a moment we'll come back and speak in in more depth to dan chaffer um in the meantime we're just going to take a little break Welcome back to The Parents Show on Radio Verlum 92.6 FM. And tonight's show is all about, I mean, primarily about miscarriage, a very, very painful topic, and about loss in uh, in a more general sense. And um, we're delighted to actually have a dad in the studio with us this evening. We've got Dan Schaffer in the studio who's got... You've got so many stories to tell and we want to hear everything you have to say, but it's great that you're a dad as well as everything else.
4: (laughs) It's unusual, perhaps, being a dad and talking on the radio about uh, stillbirth, infant loss, miscarriage, all of which I've experienced in my family, with my wife, uh, with my other children as well. I never really know whether to start off uh, with a loss at the beginning of the story or have it in the middle or the end of the story. Where where do you think it should be? Well, I think
1: i i personally think i'd like to i'd like our listeners to hear your story i i is is are you feel do you feel comfortable with that I,
4: I feel very comfortable i sometimes see uh the loss of my daughter about seven years ago as the beginning of uh, a big story It's certainly a time of great change um, i started off um getting together with my wife uh a long time ago we've been together now nearly 16 years and we fell in love under the stars we had a very romantic beginning and everything was full of innocence and parties and buying houses and all the other things that people do when they're young after a while we decided to have uh, children and uh, we had two beautiful children one of whom is uh, now uh, 11 years old and one uh, who's uh, a boy and one who's a girl who's 10 years old then after that unfortunately we suffered two miscarriages and it was devastating everything changed we lost our innocence and everything just changed in our lives it was a very negative experience and very difficult to come to terms with and certainly to try again after the first one was very tough then after the second one you lose hope again and you lose your innocence what happens uh, after that uh, when you lose a baby at full term is a very different kettle of fish. We were told in the hospital actually to come to the recurrent miscarriage clinic after we'd had recurrent miscarriages and they counted it as three. So we went back after losing our daughter full term and and they said, well, uh, I'm sorry, uh, it's a stillbirth, not a miscarriage. You you can't come to the recurrent miscarriage clinic.
1: I know. Isn't that odd? I know it is. And what a thing to get pedantic about. I mean,
4: it's It's very, very weird.
1: Yeah. How painful for you. That must have been so difficult to listen to that. It's like, mm. you don't quite
4: qualify. Yeah, you don't qualify, even though you've lost your daughter, of course. I mean, look, yeah. look, for, for us, um, the miscarriages, even though uh, I, I I never put down a miscarriage as a lesser experience than a stillbirth, it's, it's a very different experience. And, and this is what we are talking about before with terminology is... When a doctor comes and tells you, well, you've lost your product of conception, how does it make you feel? As someone that's had a miscarriage, it's it's not nice. How about if you have a baby that's perhaps what they might term a late miscarriage? Uh, Let's say a 24-week loss. And how does it feel when someone then calls it a product of conception? It feels absolutely awful. because so impersonal. To you, I mean, have you thought about that you will probably have to give birth to the baby? when it comes out it's going to look like a miniature baby it's not going to be a blob of jelly yeah and so really a, a miscarriage is a separation between giving birth to something that seems like a baby and passing some product i think is a is a much better differentiation yeah uh, in terms of the parents emotions yeah i um, certainly when lenny was born uh, sadly never to take her first breath fully formed full term no known reason we didn't have a post-mortem because we didn't want her cut up um and yeah she was born as a perfect fully formed baby and looked very cute uh unfortunately changed the wrong color quite quickly her lips went blue uh she looked as if she was about to breathe and you're there holding your baby and this aching arms the empty arm syndrome uh, that it calls it in a lot of the literature means that after you go home without your baby you are left holding and cradling a silent emptiness in your arms and walking around the house rocking backwards and forwards as if you're holding a baby
1: so painful i just I, i can't even imagine i mean how you how you can come to terms with that
4: Well, uh, it's interesting that uh, the lady, I've forgotten the name from the Miscarriage Association, said that it's just uh, a new reality, really, and that's what Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, who uh, describes a lot of grief cycles, uh, describes it as, is a new normal. And this is what we teach in our um, uh, mid- midwifery workshops that uh, I run in various hospitals, along with the rest of the improving bereavement care team for SANS um, to try and help midwives come to terms with what parents are going through and how to help parents properly. Because a lot of midwives aren't that confident in how to face difficult situations, breaking bad news. Uh, let's say, for instance, a parent's just had a, an ultrasound scan and they can't find the heartbeat. They've just discovered that their baby's died then a midwife's probably going to have to talk to them about it and midwives find this very very difficult parents find it difficult as well midwives find it particularly difficult because they know they're going to encounter very difficult emotions they're going to encounter crying they're going to encounter shouting anger blame all of these very difficult things so we're going to try help midwives uh, get their confidence in, in doing that kind of stuff And and it works very well. It's a very successful program um, over the UK. Um, We're just uh, breaking out into community midwifery as well and also doctors. And and all the midwives that we've uh, been in touch with and trained, uh, the feedback is excellent. They're they're really, really um, filled with a lot more confidence to face the situations. And, and interestingly, uh, in the support groups that I am involved with, uh, sorry, I'll move on to a different hat. <laughs> I'll just carry on talking. Yeah, yes, you yeah, yeah, do.
1: Just Fantastic. <laughs> I, I just, I, I, are you going to explain what SANS is? Is that what you are about to do? Because I think I, I can it, do. Yeah. yeah.
4: So SANS is an organisation. It's a charity, and, and it's a very successful charity in the way it's grown over the past number of years to help anyone affected by the death of a baby shortly before, during, or after birth. So it's slightly different to the miscarriage association that is earlier. This mm-hmm. is when you have a formed baby, a fetus, that for some reason dies either shortly before, or during or after birth. It can be a live baby that's born and then dies within a week after in uh, or in intensive care, etc. And the, these are the births that we find have particular characteristics that are a bit different to miscarriage and a bit different to later infant loss it has this characteristic of being an anchorless grief so because you haven't got anything to anchor your grief into your grief starts floating around and the kind of problems that that engenders in people is that they're left floating in an, a netherland where they kind of had a baby and they know they had a baby but there's no memories, there's not the sound of a cry, the look of the eyes, the the normal stuff that you can anchor into to start your grief cycle. So for instance, you lose your uncle Jim, it's very sad. He was ninety years old, he had lovely blue eyes, used to love talking to him. I remember the story about him kissing Mrs. Miggins at the bakery <laughs> show, you know, whatever it is. Yeah, you can see memories. photos, you got memories. Yeah. But with these babies, this group of uh, uh, loss, this class of loss, you haven't got any memories to anchor into. And so you can't easily move through your grief cycles. And that's where we come in to help people. And a lot of the time it's through uh, parent support groups, um, which uh, me and my wife, Lisa, we've been running for about four years uh, in the Hertfordshire area. Uh, on a monthly basis um, and we've helped a lot of couples to discuss some of the issues that they might encounter it might be going back to work It might be discussing things with colleagues it might be men and women grieving differently it might be next pregnancies it might be physical symptoms you might encounter parents that have lost a week ago or seven years ago uh, and so we discuss all of these issues in in a in quite a warm environment where anything goes really, and you'll yeah. be within the comfort of other bereaved parents. Um, what a
1: what a fantastic thing to do! And what yourself and your wife just give up your time and and run these run these yeah. sessions.
4: Fantastic! Um, it, it's very difficult to find uh, a purpose for your baby who hasn't quite lived but has lived on this earth. And for us to hear her name, to hear Lenny spoken by someone, brings music to our ears. I mean, it's lovely because it reaffirms the fact that she existed. And then through the things that we do increase her footprint on this earth as well. So things like support groups are fantastic because if we help someone else, another couple, then it means that Lenny's life had a purpose of some some kind um also with the improving bereavement care work with midwives you know it means that i'm going to be reaching a group of 25 midwives at a time that are then enabled to help 25 couples each and it increases lenny's footprint
1: yeah it's fantastic it's brilliant and it's so selfless of you really it is because i mean that that is such a magnification you know i mean it has such a an impact on society it's it's amazing it's wonderful that you do it and and that isn't even the end of your your upset, really, is it? I mean, you have you have four well, wonderful
4: children. We have four wonderful life children. We went on to have uh, two more, cho- so we so we had two live children who uh, are still with us. They're they're fantastic kids, um, and then two miscarriages. Then a uh, stillbirth, Lenny, who's still with us in spirit, who we talk about every day in our family. Um, all of the kids are happy to talk about her, and uh, then we went on to have two more uh, re- children. We call they're called Rainbow Babies. And I don't know if you've heard that term before, a rainbow baby is a a baby that comes after a loss. So it's reminiscent of uh, the the, uh, Noah in the Ark, the biblical story with the rainbow after the storm as a promise from God that it will never happen again. That's beautiful. And then uh, rain babies are before the loss as well, (laughs) if you come across that term. These are all baby loss terms, if you like. Um, So we had two rainbow babies, uh, Ziggy and Keanu, who are uh, uh, five and uh, four and a half. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> And uh, then we had three more miscarriages, and then thought I'd put an end to it and had a vasectomy. (laughs) So (laughs) there's no more kids for us.
1: It's it's not an option
4: anymore. (laughs) No, no. I mean, it had to be done. uh, It's it's been a long uh, journey full of very intense ups and very intense downs um, uh, as well. Um, You can't underestimate the pits of despair that people go through when they have miscarriages, stillbirths, um, the monthly cycles, the conceptions. everything else and we try and help people through those times
1: that's fantastic and and i mean your your testimony to what one of the questions were the questions earlier on it's like how do you talk to your partner well you and your your wife must actually have fantastic communication skills with each other
4: (laughs) um sometimes sometimes not i don't think we're much different to to, uh the average couple perhaps and uh, a few examples perhaps uh, directly after we lost lenny um uh, my wife said to me, please, can you describe to me how I was through the entire birth experience? And, and, uh, and that was two weeks after we lost Lenny, and we hadn't really spoken much because we were both in a shocked and numb grief stage. And so I sat there, and for an hour or two, I described to her exactly what she looked like, what what was said, where we were, you know, what was happening throughout the entire birth, because of course a lot of people don't realize that a baby dies, it dies inside of you, you've then got to give birth to it and often most of the time you won't be encouraged to have a cesarean you'll be encouraged to uh, have a uh, natural birth um because it's a lot healthier uh, for the mum of course there's a lot less risk involved and a lot less healing um so uh, she wanted me to describe exactly how she was so i I spent my time Um, uh, an effort trying to recall exactly what was happening, what the feelings were, and she found that very very helpful, and that was the beginning of the communication, we kept we wrote in diaries, we established a a system where if we couldn't talk because the emotions were too difficult for each of us to deal with and then uh, there's a lot of anger that flows around with a lot of couples as well and we weren't immune to that as well we also had two other children to look after and raise who were three and four at the time and one of the more difficult things is thinking well what are you going to say to your existing children how are you going to explain it so we just told them the truth we we told them you know baby lenny was here she was in mummy's tummy and now she's died and kids are very literal about Mm. these things and you don't actually accept them you don't upset them with this literal speak you imagine they've got images that are nasty and they're going to stick with them and give them nightmares actually if you're open and honest with them a lot of the time it doesn't so that's how we did it
0: we, that, the, the show's going to come to an end soon, sort of sadly, because I'd love to hear more, Dan. But the reason we first got in contact with with you was because of the Forget-Me-Not
4: M- Memorial Garden oh, in yes. Hemel. Can yeah. you
0: just do a minute on that for us, please, of for local parents?
4: The Memorial Garden in Gaybridge Park in Hemel is going to be the setting of uh, perhaps the event of the year in the Baby Loss calendar, which is Wave of Light, come about in the 80s, uh, established by Ronald Reagan, uh, funnily enough. Um, to Remember Babies um, at the uh quarter to seven in the evening at the baby lost garden in hemel which is now ten years old established by bereaved parents um there'll be a lantern lit uh small ceremony nothing big quite intimate followed by some hot drinks and if you would like to come along and have your babies mentioned in the ceremony or if you'd like to email us with baby's names if you're not going to be there then we can read your baby's names out and that brings a lot of comfort to a lot of parents um but please feel free to join us there um, for a candle-lit ceremony with uh, a few readings, uh, non-religious in nature, just secular, and uh, and a hot drink.
0: When was, When is that again?
4: Sorry, this is going to be on Thursday the 15th, which is Wave of Light. Oh,
0: that's the last day of the that's Wave the, of the, yeah.
4: That's the last day of the Baby Loss Awareness Week. Right,
0: okay, thank you very and much. And that'll be
4: quarter to seven in the evening.
0: Dan thank you so much I'm so Pleasure. pleased that we found you in our research and um, I think it would be great to get you back another day because there's a lot that I'm sure you can help parents with and and
1: especially yeah. like moms and dads you know it's so fantastic to hear your perspective mm-hmm. I, I could honestly I'd love to talk to you for another for another hour can you tell us what how people could get in touch if they want to hear more about the work you're doing
4: sure um well it, it depends what they're after really um i can always be contacted through the west hearts and bucks um sands uh, group which uh, we've just got a new website that's uh, been made for um which, which is very easy to access easy to navigate and there's an email you can click on there and you can get in touch with us there's also a phone number on there or you can get in touch with me through the national sands uh offices in london but everything's on the internet
1: fantastic that's great dan thanks a million for joining us on the parent show this evening all the best to you and your wife
4: yes thank you very much
1: neve solicitors are proud to sponsor the parent show the
0: friendly team at neves includes specialists who can guide you through all the legal ups and downs of family life visit neve neve solicitors your complete legal solution